0: but here's what you said. The problem isn't the pain and the pain isn't the problem. Neither is the trauma. The problem is the mindset and the outlook. Many have become so comfortable with with it that they're scared to live without it. The victim role gets more attention than walking and talking like a victor who overcomes. You are not a prisoner of your past. The addiction to comfort is killing our ability to reach our maximum potential. The addiction to ease and comfort creates weak societies. And that's
1: I will never forgive you. Yeah. Pretty strong words. But that also comes from a place of pain that is unfathomable. It is unspeakable pain that causes someone to say that. And it makes us feel like we've, we're holding something over the people who hurt us when the reality is we have taken and we walked into a prison cell, we've slammed the door shut, and we threw the key across the room on the other side of the bar your escape.
0: Hey, welcome back to Last In Line Leadership Podcast. We are equipping men, empowering men to be servant leaders, to be the strong, masculine leaders they were called to be in their homes, in their workplace, in their community. We are here sharing stories of people who have overcome adversity people who have exhibited high levels of resilience, and people who are here to be an example for you to see that it is possible to be the man God called you to be. So settle in to this episode of Last In Line Leadership Podcast. Okay, well, he was once a sheep when he was, you know, younger and fell victim to a few things and and then became a sheepdog and, and he was once a victim and now he's victorious. Um, I'm going to go through a few of these little cliches because I respect the heck out of this guy and he's got a great story, but he was once suicidal and, and hopeless and now he's a hope dealer. Uh, he's empowering people to stay uh, unconquered. And speaking of unconquered, I'm going to welcome back for a second time, Mr. Adam Davis.
1: What's happening, brother? Thank you for having me back on. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Always love being on with you, man.
0: Man, I appreciate you coming back. And I was looking. Uh, wouldn't be right if I hadn't looked to see what when the last time was. And it was like literally August of 2021. So really? it's been over a year. Yeah. And I, I mean, thanks to social media, you know. Take the good with the bad, but <laughs> I've I felt like I've kept up with you, uh, of course, since then. So it's not that far removed from me knowing what's going on. But man, we're gonna do a lot and unpack a lot today for those yep. that didn't catch the first episode. Uh, and we're we're gonna talk a little bit about some of your stuff that you had to overcome to get where you are. And then we're gonna we're gonna promote the heck out of Adam Davis because you, my friend, are doing some Amazing stuff. I mean, just from a year ago, what you're doing now to compared to then is overwhelming to watch. I mean, it's just blowing up, and I can tell, guys, got his hand all over you, man. Talk yeah. about just how your uh, life has changed a little bit in the last what 14, 15 months.
1: Um, obviously, 2019, I started hitting like my stride and momentum was building, and like it had, it had started really. Um, I guess you could say kind of building and reaching that fever pitch and, um, and things were just blowing up everywhere, man. I mean, just going crazy. And then 2020 came around Mm -hmm. and, um, and everybody suffered. Like, I'm, I'm not like, not the only person who, who experienced some type of hardship from that year. And, um, like, I remember one weekend and I believe it was the weekend that president Trump got up and announced the national state of emergency. And then, you know, people were going to grocery stores and they were crazy. And, um, I think like somewhere around the neighborhood of $70,000 worth of speaking engagements were just like,
0: Oh no. <laughs> and oh, So man.
1: I, um, I, I, a lot of what I do is because I am called to do, like I'm called to an assignment. This is something that God's put me to do. I have literally tried to walk away um, because of imposter syndrome a few different times. And I can't, like I I can't walk away. And so a lot of what I do is because I have to do it. Like, and, and it's hard to explain what that means. But when everything was gone, I would remember walking in the backyard of the house we were in at the time And I remember praying, um, God, do you want me to be still and see your salvation? Or do you want me to suit up and do battle alongside your heavenly host? And the Mm -hmm. Bulletproof Marriage Online Masterclass was born. And I think we've had, I don't know, several hundred people go through that class and uh, several hundred couples. Mm -hmm. And then we did the own spiritual combat online course. And then I started like, you know, 2020 just, I mean, it just sucked. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but there's some really, really good things that come out of that year. I wrote three or four books that year. And, um, and then between November of 21 through March of this year, I wrote three books. And so I haven't written a book since March. Uh, When I turned in my new book, well, we could talk about later. It comes out in April. I turned it into the publisher March the 1st. I was like fatigued in every way possible. But in that I've learned, um, from people, better people, people that are around me that make me better. People Mm -hmm. like Dave Grossman, people like Mm -hmm. Marcus Luttrell, people like Chad Mm Robichaux. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. The People that God has like put around me, um, Mm -hmm. learning the battle rhythm, learning, the order of rest even in the midst of what may look like absolute chaos and busyness there's a there's a reason for everything i do yeah and so my life since last fall um has taken um a, a sort of a different feel and i met a lady last year in um washington dc lady never met me before and this is kind of weird but go with me um lady walked up to me and and we were there for a um a movie premiere i believe um for an organization some friends of mine and so we just she started asking me some questions and then she was like you know um you carry a lot of emotional trauma and um you know, you've been trying to lose weight. This I don't know who this lady is. And um, you've been trying to lose weight and like you need to really focus on just drinking a lot of water. She was like, but over the next year or so, your ministry is going to take on a different look. And you thought that you were called to do one thing, but God has a much bigger plan and it's going to make you sit back and go like, whoa. Like in a year, you know, in, in the coming year, or so you won't even recognize what you started hmm. It's going to be on such a different scale. And so I look now at, you know, since this really took off in May of 18, when behind the badge launched um, 125,000 lives touched through the books I put out since December of 2015, I've written more than six and a half million words, more than a million have been published either in books or blogs or articles, op-eds, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um, and so, you know, there will be some who say overnight success, instant success, but they don't see um, who I was when I started. They don't see the persistence that is taken and, and it just doesn't happen overnight. No, none of this happens overnight. And I'm still not, I still don't believe I've done anything. Mm Uh, speaking as far as the goals that I have related to, um, having an impact on the world in a very profound way. Um, I have a goal for 2023 and actually it started when I was, I turned 40 last December, December 21. The goal was to reach, um, a million people over the next five years, like to be able to actually have a measured way of saying we touched a million lives. And not just like okay we had a social media post have 20 thousand impressions right um I want I want to touch a million lives uh and I got like four years now because I just had another birthday so um and and we're doing it like we're 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 doing it and yeah. um, so my life has taken some some wild turns man I mean this has been a crazy year it's been a a, a year of milestones it's been a year of adversity and mm. um uh like this fall was probably the busiest I've been ever since being on this journey. And I was on the road every weekend going somewhere, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, gosh, I, I like, I, I don't even remember where all I was at. Yeah, in Dallas, Texas, uh, Columbus, Ohio. And um, right in the middle of all that, I got into a battle with about 20,000 yellow jackets and got stung a few times, mm-hmm. had the flu the next day. Uh, That week, my father and all passed away Mm. and, uh, you know, and I still had to go like I I still had to go and and do what I was called to do and Mm -hmm. um, juggling the emotions that come with adversity and different types of adversity or grief um, and then wanting to be with your family in a hard time um, is is tough. But what makes it easy is when they say, no, you need to go. Yeah. There's people have been waiting on you. So, I think the biggest thing that I've walked through over the past year is developing uh staying power, developing, you know, the number one thing that you can do if you want to be a speaker, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be a better man, be a better husband, be a better father, lose weight, get fit, get in shape, whatever is be consistent. Yeah. Because anybody can do something like once or twice. They can even do it like 2 months. They can do it a couple of times and it, you know, whatever. And yeah. you're going to see it starting January 1st with all the new year, new me, new resolutions and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's the people who stay go day in and day out. They just, they will not give up. They will not let up. They will not back down. And I have found a rhythm of rest in the middle of all this stuff mm-hmm. and, um and how to kind of let my hair down and relax a little bit. Um, That's But good. you know, it's, it's, um, well, it is this began as a journey of faith. Yeah. And it's yeah. continuing to be a journey of faith, but um we ain't done nothing yet, man.
0: Yeah, you said something earlier when you were talking about you just you you tried to walk away and you didn't really know how to explain it, but but you couldn't. And I mean it's just simple word obedience. Like you've been yeah. given a vision, you've been given a word from God and and a mission, and and that's obedience. You're walking in it, so you're not giving yourself a choice. you know it's kind of like the difference between discipline and motivation right discipline's already decided motivation has to make a choice every day and you've already sort of ahead of time made your choice and it's not an option to walk away and 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 you you know as we get into your background just a little bit uh i I know you went through some pain okay growing up you went through some, some some trauma some some hardship like i know you went as a Law enforcement. You went through some stuff. I want to read a post you made. Um, gosh, what was it? On the 6th. So about a week ago, you know, um, and it was about pain. So I want to read this for a second. And then I want to have you fold it into to some of your story and maybe where some of this birthed out of. Um, and it could have been an isolated incident that made you post this. But here's what you said. The problem isn't the pain and the pain isn't the problem. Neither is the trauma. The problem is the mindset and the outlook. Many have become so comfortable with with it that they're scared to live without it. The victim role gets more tension than walking and talking like a victor who overcomes. You are not a prisoner of your past. The addiction to comfort is killing our ability to reach our maximum potential. The addiction to ease and comfort creates weak societies. And that's a quote, I believe, from your newest book that's coming out. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, man, I got to tell you, some of that stuff was just, I was just, locked into that post and I don't usually just read posts off of social media from a guest that I bring on but I knew your story and I know that that might have been just kind of a culmination of things it could have been something that happened isolated in your life talk about that post and maybe kind of where you've come from
1: so um I've been healed from a lot of things um, mm-hmm. but I'm I still battle things mm. and um, but also, coach other people. And I, like, it's funny how God puts us together because sometimes it'll be like, um, I'm going to help you with project A or project B. I'm not necessarily like your unconquered coach. We're not going to work to make you better in some specified area of your life that you come to me. and want to talk about, but I've talked to a lot of people man, I talk to a lot of people and I hear a lot of different stories and a lot of people like verbally vomit on me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just like, cannot let go of something that happened. Um, And then I'm a thinker. I mean, that's, that's, I'm a thinker. And that's dangerous sometimes because this can be a place where um, something like, I don't know, like this is born um like my book behind the badge or any of the other books where it can be a place of absolute hell mm. and um and so I've, I've recognized those patterns and and i've recognized some of those cycles but in that post uh what day was that the sixth six yeah actually so that a, a week, week exactly ago today? ago yeah a week ago today um I don't remember what specifically was going on that day or what happened. If I talked to, it may not have been tied to anything. Right. It may have just been me thinking about my own stuff because I was probably getting ready for the Friday night when I was in Columbus, Ohio. And I remember being for 20, probably 20, 20 years, somewhere around 20 years being a prisoner of my past. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, A lot of people who are listening to this to include yours truly have said at some point the following words, I will never forgive them. Yeah. Pretty strong words, but that also comes from a place of pain that is unfathomable. It is unspeakable pain that causes someone to say that. And so what unforgiveness does is in the moment it emboldens us, to deal with the pain that we're feeling. And it makes us feel like we've, we're have we holding something over the people who hurt us, when the reality is we have taken and we walked into a prison cell, we've slammed the door shut and we threw the key across the room on the other side of the bars. And we have become a prisoner to what one person did in one occasion or maybe multiple occasions over a set period of time. And those things have ended and now we continue to give life to it through unforgiveness. And, um, and that's how we're prisoners to our past. That's how we're prisoners to the pain instead of saying, how can I grow from this? Uh, and I can say that, I I don't know what your story is or the people who are listening to this. I don't know what you've been through and I would Mm -hmm. never, never compare pain to pain or sources of pain to sources of pain. But I can tell you that I'm familiar with deep soul wounds. Mm. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels (laughs) like. I know what it feels like to be raped. Mm. I know what it feels like to be sodomized. I know what it Mm. feels like to be manipulated and betrayed by people that are supposed to love you, period. Like, no questions asked. And so when I say forgive, it comes from a place of experience. It's not a theory. It's not religion. It's not, you know, just reading scripture, which scripture is in and of itself enough but when you're talking to people who don't know scripture, it comes across sounding religious. Yeah. But if you can tie this behavior that I've done, this obedience, this action of obedience was because of what God's word says, then it makes more sense and it's more applicable and and relevant um, as opposed to coming across as just some kind of religious leader. But, you know, pain being a prisoner of your past, being a prisoner to pain just means I'm not forgiving myself. I'm not forgiving the people that hurt me, the person that hurt me. Um, and there's a lot of other ways to put that. Yeah. So
0: yeah.
1: Well, I got a question for you. So I, I don't, I can't
0: even wrap my brain around the type of pain you've been through and, and others that are might be listening, but it it to me, it seems like it's just such a, a an elevated sense of helplessness that someone would feel, which carrying the forgiveness. Almost yeah. makes them feel like you said, like they got some control over the situation a little bit, right? Because yeah. what yeah. happened to them, they couldn't defend; they they're helpless in dealing with it. Right. And so, in order to grasp at a straw, this forgiveness is the straw they grasp at. Am I off
1: base? You know, you're pretty close right there. And you know, for me, I can't tell someone else to forgive. Yep, um, would never attempt. To say such a thing. Yep. Um I can't suggest that you forgive. I can tell you the benefits of forgiveness. If you were a follower of Christ, you're my brother, you're my sister mm-hmm. in Christ because we serve the same Father. We we are redeemed by the same Savior. Um I can tell you that there is no room in your heart for hate. There is no room in your heart for unforgiveness. And if you want to experience breakthrough, maybe just maybe you've experienced some prayers that it just seemed like they continue to hit the roof. They continue to hit the roof. You go through the same test over and over and over and over in life. If you want to see breakthrough, take a step of faith in obedience or rather take a step of obedience in faith and say the following words, Lord, I forgive them. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to feel any different right away, but if you'll be consistent with that one action, even, even something like, Lord, I release whatever, anger, anxiety, depression, feeling, whatever negative emotion mm-hmm. that you're feeling, I can't carry it on my own anymore. I don't want it anymore. Over time, there's going to be something starting to change here as much as there is something changing here in your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's that inner wheel and those emotions that you've allowed him a place to come in and do a healing work that unforgiveness says, I'm not going to allow you to do that period. <clears throat> unforgiveness is, is a lot of things. It's very toxic. It's very, uh, it's lethal. It will kill your gift. It will kill your destiny. It will rob yeah. your purpose and it makes you a prisoner to your pain and your past. And you are locked down forever, man. And yeah. it eventually gives the, the enemy power. And I say the enemy, uh, you're going to isolate yourself in a number of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so when you take on the, 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 the act of obedience to say, I'm going to forgive, not because I want to, not really because I'm ready to, or that Mm -hmm. I feel like it, I'm going to forgive because he told me to forgive in his scripture. And I'm going to do it as an act of faith and of obedience. And that's when things change. So that's actually one of, um, one of the principles in the unconquered code and it's discover freedom and forgiveness. Um, and man, I'm yeah. going to tell you something that began a, a change in my life. Um, yeah and probably 18 years ago, 19 years ago, yeah. it just, it began like that's when it just began, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so the reason How- that, you know, it, 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 you just have to take that step of faith. Just you do
0: you know, knowing your story a little bit about just being in, you know, you were in law enforcement, uh, hostage negotiated, trained. Uh, you know, I know that you were suicidal at one point. When did you take ownership of your faith in Christ? Like when did someone witness to you had you been a Christian your whole life and then got away from it did you know the yeah. truth and then kind of denied the truth or or when did you sort of grab onto this knowing that that was the game changer like in order to forgive you had to get right with you and your and and your your heavenly father so when did you yeah. take ownership of that man
1: so I grew up um going to church like 13 days a week. Because, Mm. um, my, um, mother remarried a guy who, uh, man, who was a a Pentecostal pastor. So we were in church literally all the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot about, um, living up to rules and regulations and, um, it was more, you know, and I, I still think that there's a place for something similar but it was more a lot of, here's a membership card to join the church. Here's a list of things you'd never do again. And and I see a lot of people who sing about the joy of the Lord as our strength. But I don't see any joy in their countenance, in their actions, behaviors. And so I grew up trying to live up to this fake standard that was set by man and not by God. Mm-hmm. and um, And so I'll just, I'll paint it this way. Uh, I don't. I don't know what it means to take ownership of, of faith. I'm. I'm literally. i have I have this belief that we were all created and put here for a reason, and I believe that we're supposed to be ambassadors uh, for heaven. Mm-hmm. I believe that we're on assignment in enemy territory, and uh, it is an absolute war zone. It's one of the reasons why I wrote a book on spiritual warfare. <laughs> and, um, but if you want to know really, 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 really know salvation. It first must be met, not with religious messages, not with a prayer that some preacher made up, not with the hymns and the choir songs or praise and worship songs. It must be met with absolute, raw, unadulterated surrender and an encounter with a real love because I'm going to tell you something, what happens, a lot of people will preach love and what they're trying to preach is not love, but it's tolerance. Mm. And it's, and it's condoning uh, of of whatever sin is most socially acceptable to us where we are in our life. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, some sexually uh, immoral sin. Maybe it's uh, some bad habit that we have that's, that's really a sin, but whatever it is that's, that's acceptable to us. Okay. Um that's that's where we are. So if it's really not that love, I was a cop and um I'd started drinking like um a lot. Sometimes it was overnight, but it was a lot. And uh more intoxicating than the alcohol though was this. Hmm. And, um, and wrestling through that. But I remember having gotten drunk and a lot of people have, have been there, but I remember being drunk, so drunk one night, hugging the commode and and vomiting like violently. And there was this little tap, like just little still voice that came from the inside. And it was, there's nothing you can do to change my love for you. And, um. I met some people before I became a cop um, that have been through some things and um, none of us are perfect, but I met these people. And and one was a pastor, a Marine Corps uh, veteran, and the other was a businessman. And uh, prior to becoming a cop, I was in pest control. I worked for this large company that traveled around and, and I treated uh, restaurants and, commercial establishments for pests uh, overnight I worked at night and uh, this smaller company back home called me and made me a service manager so in my 20s I'm a manager over a team of guys right and one day one of the owner's sons was consistently late so I went to the owner told him what was going on he said what do you want to do I said fire him so I fired him Um, and then they turned around a week or so later fired me just so happened it was on the birthday of my oldest son. Um, so, my wife is pregnant with our third child at the time. She's stay at home, uh, she's bedridden. And so, we have two kids, one on the way, and I'm unemployed. Um, so, I ended up being on government assistance, welfare, with food stamps, you name it, and cutting grass, um, washing cars picking up limbs, like literally whatever I could do. And I got this opportunity to have a meeting with the pastor uh, at the time. And one of the business leaders a very successful man. And, um, I remember sitting down one day and he was like, what do you want to do? The businessman. Did. He was like a trustee or elder in the church. <clears throat> he said, what do you want to do? And, um, Now keep in mind, I have two kids at the point and I'm, I'm doing what I can to put food on the table, but it is like not enough. Right. Um, and, and, uh, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I really, I really feel called to be a pastor. And and I had for, for a long time. Uh, but that was, the perspective of that was, was really immature. Mm. And, uh, and he kind of leaned on the, in, into the table and he was like, what do you want to do? And I looked at him and I said, I want to be a cop. And he said, then grow some balls and be a man. Hmm. And that is probably the most life-changing message that I ever had. So I always tell people I grew some balls and became a cop.
0: There you go. <laughs> Hey, before we get back to the conversation here with our guest, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, a new partner, Uncommon, which is a ministry that is equipping uh, and empowering great men to become the husbands, the fathers, and leaders they were called to be. Go to Uncommon.org, that's uncomme org. check out their content, go to Version download their devotionals, great team, great people, great men. And they're out there for you. They're out there with great content and they're out there to encourage us to be the men we were called to be. So I want to thank TJ and his team at uncommon. So now let's get back to the conversation with our great guest here at last in life.
1: The rest is history. And um, so, yeah, I, but, but the thing is, A lot of people will use the phrase pride comes before fall uh, to talk about someone who has rejected them betrayed them, hurt them, no longer talks to them for whatever reason. Uh, They think that they've got too big for their britches or or they walk with an air of confidence. They got their head you know, their head back, their shoulders back, their head up, whatever. Uh, But pride coming before fall really isn't about how you walk. Um, It's how you respond to correction. And it, and it's how you respond to this question. And it's the question that every one of us have probably answered with a prideful heart. And that is, Hey brother, how you doing? Yeah. And that, and that following answer is so full of pride and we overlook it. We over, we, we ignore it and that's, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. And we carry on because we just don't want to, and we don't have the time necessarily to spill the beans because we don't know how to trust anymore, Mm -hmm. which is another reason why we have so many counselors and therapists in the world Mm -hmm. because we lost inner human personal communication skills Mm -hmm. because of stupid smartphones. And, um, and so we no longer have people that we can call and talk to as a friend without worrying about them going to gossip about us when they said they were going to pray for us. And so, um, my really, a moment where i you know as you said came to take ownership of my fate came in a patrol car when i had my service weapon in my hand ready in my life and i had an encounter man you you know some say it's embellished some say whatever i don't really give a crap because i have felt a lot of things but mm-hmm. nothing has before or since compared to the power that I encountered in a patrol car that day when I said, If you want to do something with my life, if you got a plan, mm-hmm. you can have it. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm out. And, and brother, something wrapped its arms around me. I choose to believe that it was the power of a living God. It was a perfect love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it should be our mission to encounter that love in a very real way. And most of the time, the reality is if you're a sheepdog, you're not going to encounter it in the church. You're just not. Yeah. You can encounter it more likely, gathering with a small group of your brothers or sisters, whatever the case is, and spending time in a safe place with them, learning about each other, learning God's word, learning how to disciple one another, you know, and 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 what discipleship really means, which for whatever reason this they've removed it from the the English language, from the uh, from the um freaking Mm. glossary or whatever. Okay. Uh, dictionary, uh, it's, it's uh, obsolete and, but it's not obsolete in God's word. Uh -uh. And, um, so finding that in those small places in the safe places. Um, and that's where really life becomes real. Like when we talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. it's the micro moments, it's the little micro moments because when marriages fall apart, it's not something that falls apart overnight. Mm -hmm. It's the micro moments that added up and added up the trauma. Trauma doesn't change us overnight. It's the micro moments. It's the micro moments. When we had those little windows to say, I forgive, I choose to, to heal. I choose joy over this. I choose peace over this. I choose peace over principle or whatever. Um, it's the micro moments. And so we have to pay attention to the little bitty moments that we overlook and, and, and we want to ignore for the sake of comfort.
0: Yeah. And And to your point, yeah, yeah, I think to your point too, when you had the lightning bolt moment, so to speak in the car, in the patrol car, and you felt like the real presence of God fill that place. I think everyone uses that or everyone, a lot of people use that as their gauge on whether or not they're spiritual enough whether or not God loves them enough if they don't if i don't have that earth-shattering moment then God's not speaking to me yet and i yeah. like to your point of the small moments God's whispering all the time like God's oh, yeah. his it's spirit delicious. if you if you're born again and you've had the holy spirit living in you like he's impressing upon you he's quickening you in moments like split seconds he can quicken your wisdom and decision making and you can go the right direction and people are waiting on that you know, parting of the Red Sea moment sometimes, or they just don't buy into this whole spirituality right. thing. And I'm here to tell you, I used to be the guy waiting on the lightning bolt, but you know, let me tell you, me waiting a long wait time. On. And don't so I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I started to realize, look, God's tapping me on the shoulder more than I think. I'm just not really tuned in to the right station. Um, I want to ask you about Unconquered, just the name in and of itself, yep. because a lot of folks might think, well unconquered i just you know take that to mean you just are superior over things you conquer no. everything you don't have any hardships you like have a you got life going you know by the ball's going up a steep hill and and so tell us what your context of unconquered is and and i think you know where i'm going with that
1: i'm so glad you asked um last january uh for the sake of clarity, no telling when somebody's listening to this, January of 21, I had gone to speak in um, somewhere in Minnesota. And uh, I remember it was really cold. In January, I was going to say, fire your travel agent. because More (laughs) snow than I've ever seen in my Uh life, uh okay, being from Alabama. Um, And I gave this talk entitled Sheepdog Unconquered. So a lot of this born around uh, a fire sitting around a fire uh talking to my brother who you know had been uh, served in the marine corps and was a sheriff's deputy and um and sister-in-law who's a nurse and of course my wife who was um the best part of me mm-hmm. and um i was just like really digging like what is the one thing that can really describe and define what i do And these two words kept coming up. It was Semper Invictus, Semper Invictus, Semper Invictus, always undefeated. And I'm like, who thinks like that, man? Who thinks like that? And then I started thinking about the scripture. Uh, He said, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Mm
2: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, either they're really arrogant or we've missed the point. Mm-hmm. And we, we have a different way of thinking. So anyway, I'm looking through the notes of my, of, of my talk and I'm on the way home, right. I'm in the airplane. I'm just kind of, I like to review how the talk went like here and what I could improve on and what, you know, what people really fed on. And man, it was like, I had this timeline of my life laying there looking at something and God said, look at everything that I brought you through. Mm-hmm. I was with you through Every bit of it. And he said, and yet you're still standing. And um, in life, we are absolutely, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah, You are going to have battles. <clears throat> you are going to have some... Some really small battles, maybe it's the idiot that cuts you off at the red light or in the in the intersection.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: gonna have some really big battles. Maybe it's an addiction, or you're fighting for your marriage, maybe you're fighting for your life. Yeah, you we're gonna have some big battles. But if we live in him, we live forever. Yeah, and if we live in him and him and us, then there's nothing anyone on this world or on this planet or from any, uh from the enemy's perspective, you can't no one there right. can touch, can touch your soul. So if nothing matters, as long as I'm in him and he's in me, and Jesus is my savior, and as long as I never quit, as long as I persevere and I endure, I'm more than a conqueror through him. And if that's the case, the enemy has never planted a flag of victory on my heart. Yep. And if the enemy's never planted a victory, a flag of victory on my heart, come on, I live unconquered because of the one who gave his life for me. Yep. And so when you see that, that symbol mm-hmm. behind me, it's more than just a brand. It is a statement of people all across this country that says, yeah, I dealt with unforgiveness for 47 years because I was raped as a little, as a child, but it didn't kill me. Jesus set me free. I learned how to forgive and I live unconquered or, Hey, try to end my life. Or maybe it's not anything like that. Maybe it's, you know, I just settled, I just settled. And I just, I was good with being average or I was good with, with just getting through life Yeah. and I didn't know joy and I didn't know peace and I didn't know what the comforter was or who the comforter was. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: now I do. And because of him, I live unconquered. And so, this is this new book is really for the everyday working American. Yeah. It's not for people who run 200, 300, 400 miles. This is for those who grind out, they punch a clock, they call 10 8 or in service on on duty. um, And they work when it's really inconvenient and they do things that nobody else wants to do because it's the people who keep us free. As a a, a guy named Cody Johnson, he's a country music singer, said in one of his live albums recently, he was like, politicians don't keep you free. It's the first responders and men and women in uniform who serve in our military that keep you free. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: and they don't give a rip about the color of your skin. They don't care who you pray to. They don't care who you bow to. They don't care anything about any of that. They don't care who you voted for. They care about what it means to be red, white, and blue. That's right, and what that means to be an American. And so to be yeah. living unconquered for me <clears> means we view life through a different lens, and that's the lens of eternity, knowing that what we see here now is just a blip in time. yeah, it's, it's gonna it's just gonna go away. And most everything else we it deal is. with is useless and meaningless and and eternity is all that matters.
0: Well, and I hundred percent amen and amen, because the person listening to that, the one that you mentioned that's just kind of your, grinder your everyday average joe just like me uh and you know we can sometimes be fooled into thinking that we have been defeated or we have been Mm -hmm. conquered because we lose that little micro battle today or tomorrow or we had a bad week so we Mm -hmm. must be a loser or we must be defeated to your point from the very first time we hit record at this conversation it's a long game. It's staying power. Oh, yeah. It's consistency. Yeah. It's not, did I lose today? It's, is my life unconquered because I'm in Christ? And so since he's undefeated, I'm on that team. And That's so right. I think it did, It also, the Bible doesn't say you're going to be unopposed either. It oh, says no. unconquered, opposed, right? It's not unopposed. Man. It's you, unconquered. And you know
1: what? You're going to have some, you're going to have some, some scars and you're going to have some bruises. You're going to have mm-hmm. some, you're going to have some wounds along the way. Yeah. But uh, but I you know, I think about the the everyday just just the working class American man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know how many people have nobody to spend Thanksgiving with? Mm. Do you know how many people have nobody to spend Christmas with? Do you know how many people walk around right now? And they're in a job that probably 90% of America would admire. Um, But they'll look at you and say, I feel defeated. Mm -hmm. They got probably 10 times the amount of money in their bank account as the average person does. Uh, No financial problems. But somewhere along the way of journey of accumulating wealth or riches, whatever, they failed to get this in here right. Mm-hmm. and so i forget who said it but uh success without fulfillment is is the greatest failure wow and true fulfillment only comes from having a heart that is surrendered daily and so daily surrender um, yeah surrender is is one of the points it's um
0: that almost seems like an oxymoron too to surrender to be unconquered you got to you got to surrender to be unconquered. Does that, you know, somebody's going to think, well, that's a paradox, you know, but (laughs) experience
1: true power through daily surrender to Christ. Christ, And and this is, this is one of, this is one of the, um, this is one of the principles in the unconquered code. Mm -hmm. And so when I was, when the book was in, in editing the, um, the, the publisher would write me, and or they wrote me and said, uh, it seems like there's two that contradict here. Number two is recognize that you're in control of yourself and no one else, um, and and then number six is experience true power through daily surrender to Christ. And so I had to explain it to them. And so here's what I said: um, Guess who is responsible for my emotions? Mm-hmm. Me. Yep. Yep. If 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 I need to get help because I'm battling something that's bigger than myself, whether I need to get a coach to help with something or see a counselor, therapist, talk to a pastor, chaplain, whatever. Whose responsibility is it for me to make that decision to get help? Who has to get up and be disciplined enough to go to the gym, to take care of my body? Who has to be disciplined enough to eat the right things? Right. Yep. So, I can't make you take action, only I'm responsible for me taking action. So, when yep. you talk about experiencing true power through daily surrender to Christ, I really wish I would have put surrendering to Christ in all things, especially in the micro moments. But you're only given so many words, sure. So, um, it's the little moments, it's like if you're talking to somebody in a store and they're just rude as crap, man, they're just like, why would I ever spend a dime with these people ever, ever again? Pause. Lord, I surrender my heart to you and this. I like you don't even have to say it out loud, just yep. Like, mm, um, yep. what are they going through to make them like this? Right. Like, just think about it. And, and in that moment, through surrender. We could actually be the salt and light. We can be an ambassador for him, because guess what? Because when we surrender to him, we could actually put on a smile on our face and maybe help them encourage them, whoever them are, right is, whatever. yeah i don't have I don't have spellcheck uh, while I talk, but yeah, um it's in that moment of surrender that we become a true ambassador for him instead of doing what's easy, you know what's easy. Here's what's easy. What's easy is I'll never forgive them or sure, or, I hate you. It's yeah. easy. It's not cheap, but it's easy. Um, Like eating fast food for every meal, every day for 25 years, it, it's going to cost money. It's It's convenient. It's easy to get to, it's easy yep. to take down, but it's going to cost you something in the long run, like probably a, Open heart bypass or mm. diabetes. At or the whatever. very least, yeah. At the very least, yeah. Um, and and that's the same way with doing the easy things. It's easy to sin. It's easy to suppress things that you don't want to deal with. It's easy to have a wound on your heart in your soul that you would rather just ignore and not look at, right. instead of ripping the bandaid off and saying, "Let's get this taken care of." Yeah. And that's easy. What's oh yeah. Hard. What's hard is loving someone. Mm-hmm. Who is hard to love in that moment? Not that they're generally a hard to love person. One
0: hundred percent.
1: And so that's well to
0: that to that to that example too on the and and right in line with your surrender part of the code. It's the difference, and it says it in Galatians. It's the difference of what in living in the flesh and living in the spirit. If you're walking in the spirit, right? It says those who walk according to the spirit have life and. Uh, something. But if you walk in the flesh, it reaches destruction, right? So it's the reaping right. and sowing deal. So surrender is walking in the, in the spirit. And in the moment that you're talking about, where someone offends you, violates, or betrays, or whatever hurts you, yep. that moment you have the opportunity to choose to live in the flesh or in the spirit. And and the surrender part is choosing a higher way to go and living well, in the spirit.
1: Yeah. Right. Listen, and and we talk about opposing forces. Yep. Good and evil. Like oh, yeah. right and 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 you're going to be opposed if you take a stance for anything of course good or bad right or wrong in this world you are going to be opposed but the greatest opposition you're going to face any day of the week at any given moment is between your flesh and your spirit man there you go and that is the greatest opposition and the only way to win like everything in god's kingdom is opposite of what we see in this world mm-hmm. see in the world we're taught fight to the death mm-hmm. never surrender But in his kingdom, if you want to be a champion, if you want to be a winner in his kingdom, it comes through surrender. Yep. Because you no longer have the heart of pride where Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this battle in my own hands. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open my hands and I'm going to let my king handle it. That's right. Because I know that I'm limited, you know, and so I'm called to love him, love others, and really anything else I do outside of that irrelevant. Right.
0: That's good. Well, before yeah. uh, I get you in trouble with uh, the misses around uh, almost dinner time, let's talk about what you got cooking. And we sort of touched on some of it, but you said April's a big month for you coming up. You're releasing a coaching certification program at some point. It uh, sounds like you got the wheels on that sucker about to push it down the hill. Um, and and you have something called an author launch blueprint also that i i've heard you speak of yep. that's exciting so you're just starting to sort of explode into this coaching teaching uh mentoring uh well, I wanna, space i want to give
1: back like you know um you know i want to i want to help others and and i've tried to help people um in the past when i first started tried to help people and it was just like hey buddy buddy friend friend no cost whatever um and people just don't take it serious they don't value it and and if i'm going to teach you what i have learned through very uh trying times then you're gonna have, to have skin of the game right that's it and so the um the author launch blueprint is something that i put together um i've helped like oh more than 50 people mm-hmm. i think it's like 53 or 54 whatever mm-hmm. i've helped more than 50 people um they come to me and said, here's an idea or here's a book and we literally go from blank page finished book book in hand and actually people buying the book that they wrote and they're reading it right Mm -hmm. and uh that brings me a lot um i love that brings me a lot of gratification and and i love doing that because i feel like when i write books that people read and and they appreciate and they and they enjoy it's um it's multiplying my gift but the parable of the talent, right? Right. Um, I had this dream right before I left law enforcement, actually two dreams. Uh, and they were like a month or whatever apart. And then I'll tell you about the coaching and Mm -hmm. and the program. Mm -hmm. The first dream I was laying in a casket and I heard people talking. I couldn't tell you what they were saying, but I heard people talking. And, um, uh, like, it was so, so real. And then all of a sudden it was like a finger snap, but it was like thunder. And a voice said, did you do what I created you to do? And I was paralyzed in the moment, obviously dead in the dream, but I couldn't go back and fix anything. Hmm. And then it was like a month later, this next dream came. And this time I'm in the casket and I can hear him lowering me into the ground And I could hear dirt being thrown on top of the box. And again, that snap was thunder. And the voice said, did you do what I created you to do? I'm going to tell you something. People say, why have you written nine books in four years or whatever, five years? Why have you traveled all across the country speaking? Why do you do something that is not really sexy or flashy or whatever? Um, It's because when you're... Last breath is taken here on this earth. You are going to stand before your creator and you're going to have to answer for what you didn't do just as much as you're going to have to answer for what you did do. Mm -hmm. And every person that's walking the planet right now has a gift. That's right. And if you don't have anything in the bank to give, if you don't have anything to offer as far as skills or talents, as far as uh, a, a trade, you have a word of encouragement that you can say, good job, have a good day. You have a Mm -hmm. a great smile or whatever. And, and so I looked at it like what if I could teach other people to go and be a speaker? What if I could teach other people how to be a writer or an author? What if I could teach other people how to do this? Or what if I could help other people overcome adversity and not feel defeated and realize what they have inside of them? And so, technically, I guess I am pastoring in a way. It's just a little different. But um, I yeah. want I want people to know that the battle you face is temporary. The eternal destination is permanent. I'm not a preacher. Sometimes my message is hard. Sometimes it's rough, especially talking to first responders when I'm in a live audience. It's rough mm-hmm. because that is the reality of life. It's messy. It's bumpy. It's a battle. It gets nasty. Yeah. But I also introduce people to a hope that is the love of a living God. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, the author launch blueprint good. is a more affordable way for people to learn on a skilled version, um, how to go from blank page to finished book. I teach it everything. Yeah. Um, people that want to go through the unconquered coaching certification program, they become part of the team. Uh, they're not employees, they're like independent contractors. Yeah. And so when clients come into me, I pass them on to one of our coaches. Uh, and that program is going to explode. I have a vision of having coaches in all 50 states, having people represent fire and law enforcement and um uh, and at some point uh coaches for business leaders and 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 uh and that space. Um that's awesome. But this is this is where we begin. And so yeah. the new book releases in April. Um, it is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. It is going to be a game changer for a lot of people. Cause I'll tell you something, if you go to church pretty regular, you see people sitting in pews or in chairs or however they have it set up. There's a lot of folks sitting in those chairs that sing the songs and they, they go to church on Sunday, but they walk in and walk out feeling defeated. Oh yeah. And they feel oh, yeah. defeated seven days a week because they haven't dealt with something from the past, or it's just a mindset shift that needs to take place. And this book is going to hit you right between the eyes.
0: That's good. I mean, I think we need a little discomfort for growth, you know, and I know being that we're in the weight room, we know that growth happens only if you get uncomfortable. Uh, Uh, 100%. and,
1: and,
0: And you sounds like speaking of walking in your gifts uh, you know you're people don't feel empowered if they don't feel equipped and so you're uh, equipping them to oh, ultimately become empowered to walk this thing out in their gift mm-hmm in you're planting those seeds, whether you're teaching them how to write a book or whether you're teaching them how to disciple or be coached. And I'm putting that b- word back in the dictionary because discipleship is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, and uh, But uh, but you're doing all of that. So I appreciate, man, you coming on the show again. It's Absolutely. been too long. Uh Hopefully we'll do it. At, I'm not hopefully I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do it again, especially maybe when the book does release, we might do Let's this do again. It. So I have Let's a link it. to send them to now, hold on. When can they, purchase like is there a pre-purchase situation and is that april or when can they get on the list
1: you can pre-order it right now okay Um, i I would like to pause for a moment yeah and um i just i was looking up unconquered and i'm on amazon for behind the badge i don't know if you can see this oh yeah but uh it says number one bestseller in law enforcement uh not christian books but in all law enforcement oh my gosh It's number one, law enforcement, law enforcement, politics, and it's ranking as a bestseller among Christian devotionals.
0: Wow. And
1: uh, so just a word of encouragement. If you want to write a book, if you've been rejected, uh, I don't know how many publishers told me nobody would want to buy a book for cops.
2: And (laughs) it
1: outsells everything I've done, like combined. Every other book I've done combined, this one outsells them. And um, so Unconquered, I believe, let me look, it is currently available for pre-order. Yeah, there it is. It's still available for pre-order. That's good. You can pre-order the Kindle ebook or the paperback. I know it's available on Amazon. I believe it's available on Walmart and well, Barnes and Noble and everybody else.
0: And you and I both have some new version devotionals out there. Are you going to have a devotional for this as well? Yep, for the Unconquered book? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause yep. I've read some of your stuff on there too. So for the audience, that daily shot in the arm is really good. Um, yeah, good. So no, I dude, I appreciate it, man. It's been an honor to to get to know you. It's been an honor to watch you just in 12 or 13 months, man, just you're doing what God has called you to do. And guess what? He's blessing it. There's fruit all over the place, uh, around you. So congratulations. And I can't wait to read it. He's been Adam Davis. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Make your escape.